0: The Nick Cannon story is one of them. Nick Cannon, as you know, is wildly successful as an actor, as a um, a game show host, someone who has had a lot of success in various fields of entertainment. But he's best known now for having now a ninth baby on the way. He's become notorious as far as fathering children anywhere and everywhere. And as the story developed, I was just talking about Nick Cannon, the guy, and I think we've met. I don't, but we've haven't had any real interaction. But late last year, when there was a woman who had two of his babies, she had twins. I had to have this internal conversation with myself. That mother' name is Abby De La Rosa, and I know Abby. We've worked together in a radio sense. We've worked in the same company. We've done some radio together on air. Uh, I respect her as a professional, and, and we're friends. I'm not saying we're super close. I'm not trying to overstate it. I'm just saying she knows me. I know her. We've done things professionally together. And so when her name comes out in the news, I have to have this internal conversation trying to balance my friendship with her, my professional rapport with her, with discussing these stories and what I think about them. It was announced this week that Nick Cannon is expecting, when I say expecting, because this is how we do it in 2022. You know, when a couple is expecting, they're both expecting. So Nick Cannon is expecting, he's pregnant again, and he is expecting his ninth child. And he's fathered seven kids more recently, three in 2021. And it's just spiraling out of control. And I've been a long time critic of Nick Cannon for this, for any number of reasons, for religious reasons, moral reasons, anti-stereotypical reasons, all of that. And now I have to talk about it because it's someone I actually know. And, And Abby is someone who I have no qualms about saying, hey, Abby, live your life. She can do whatever she wants. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about him and his behavior. And it's troubling because we live in a society now where there are People and industries which make this seem okay, this wayward behavior, it is not something to be modeled after. It's not something to be exalted. It's not something to be supported, and it's not even humorous. And when I saw and heard this commercial, and it's more like a mock commercial, where Nick Cannon teamed up with Ryan Reynolds to promote this vodka, I guess, called Vasectomy making a joke out of Nick Cannon, who has talked publicly about getting a vasectomy, given how he's just dropping children left and right, and they turn it into a commercial. I think it speaks to how unseriously we're taking these issues, and we need to take it more seriously. At the risk of kind of contradicting myself, I'm going to play you some of this commercial called Vasectomy so you can tell how Nick Cannon T, uh, takes all this so very unseriously. This is vasectomy. It's almost
1: Father's Day, and the one and only Ryan Reynolds asked me to help us all celebrate with the mother of all cocktails, the vasectomy. Lord knows I need one. <laughs> Let me show you how to make it. First, a tall glass with ice. Boy, children fill our lives with so much joy. Next. Pour in
0: one ounce of cranberry juice. Sweet, just like their little smiles. Then pour three ounces of tonic. So bubbly. Just... So bubbly. Just like I feel every day. I wake up after a long, full night's sleep. Okay. now You you get the general gist of it. I just don't think it's funny. I think it's the wrong message to send. I'm someone who has worked in entertainment for quite some time. I understand the impact that media images and celebrities can have on people. If I'm just that old guy who says, get off my lawn, if I have turned into that guy, that's okay, because I still believe we are a society of right and wrong. I still believe that we are a society of standards and expectations of acceptable behavior. And having kids anywhere and everywhere is just Not acceptable behavior. It's not a function of whether Nick Cannon can afford to pay payments or to send checks to different mothers of his children. It's to his inability, the impossibility of being an actual father to nine different children. It is not possible. I am someone who lost my father in March. I know intrinsically, inherently, the value of having a father, someone who is there to guide a child, to be with the child, to actually be present for a child. And if you're just having children everywhere because you don't like to put on a condom, I think that says volumes about you as an individual, that type of irresponsibility that we have so much of in society today that we can do with less of. What happens is 5, 10 years from now, invariably, inevitably, we'll hear about these paternity lawsuits and people will sue him because Nick Cannon won't be as popular or as profitable 5-10 years from now as he is right now and the money dries up and yet the responsibilities have not dried up and they continue and then you have all these children wondering why is it their father is never around but they see him with some other family quote unquote family air quotes with, with some other children with some other mother of children and he's never of available to be a father in the lives of all these children because he didn't want to practice safe sex. It's not acceptable, it's not cool, it's not something to be exalted, it's not something to to laugh and giggle around and it's not something I will ever get behind. When I started the show today, I was talking about my trip to Washington DC for my 30 year plus 1 college reunion and how travel has changed since COVID. And we also talked about the news that President Biden, the Biden administration was lifting coming this Sunday, as a matter of fact, at 9 15 AM, I believe so random in nature this Sunday, uh, lifting the requirement to have a COVID test before entering the United States. With that in mind, I had been thinking about how the process of traveling had been changing, how I have global entry uh, TSA pre-check, which is really nice. So I get to bypass a lot of that. Yes, I'm rubbing it in. I get to bypass a lot of that. But I I know that TSA people are not very popular. So that laptop into that bin, you have to take off your belt. It, It is invasive in many instances. And then you have that wand search you if you don't do it correctly or you're pulled to the side. I have always wondered if all the TSA agents were on the up and up, or if they were easily corrupted. And now KFI's own Blake Trolley is going to tell us the answer. Blake, first, welcome to the show. Second, are all TSA agents evil, yes or no?
1: <laughs> At 5 a.m. it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I flew out of Burbank, it was my first flight out of there. I didn't know there were two terminals. So I was in, the, I was in one of them looking for my gate. And it took all the way till I had, like, 30 minutes to get onto my flight to go outside and back in. And Blake. at that time, it felt like they were all evil.
0: Blake, you know they have, like, seven <laughs> terminals at LAX. What do you do there?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm an Ontario guy. Yeah, I grew up oh, in Claremont. Oh, so that's okay. that's old faithful for me. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, so. This TSA agent, the investigation started into him. His name is Michael Williams in 2019 when police busted a drug trafficking network. Assistant U.S. Attorney Jeremiah Levine says out of that bust, they nabbed an informant. That cooperating defendant informed law enforcement about Mr. Williams um, drug trafficking activities and then began to work with law enforcement to set up the sting of Mr. Williams. To set that up, those allegations are allegations that he was accepting money to take drugs past the TSA checkpoint, right? Because if he shows his badge, he shows his credentials, he's able to get the drugs through. They don't have to screen the bag because TSA agents obviously are who we're trusting to put this stuff through. So their bags are exempt from uh from these searches so from there police set up a fake drug deal with that informant this is the informant again that they got from the 2019 bust uh so the informant was to give the tsa officer what was fake meth and set up a deal for the officer to smuggle the drugs in for eight thousand bucks. bucks and that's what they did first the officer met with the informant and picked up the drugs mr williams went to the airport showed his credentials to airport security so that he wouldn't be searched and thereby smuggled the fake methamphetamine past airport security into the secure part of the airport. Mr. Williams then went to a bathroom stall um, and in the bathroom stall um, had a prearranged meeting with another person who he believed was a drug trafficker, but who was in fact um, also working with law enforcement. And from there, they did the deal. Security camera uh, has footage of him walking from that to go screen packages, or sorry, screen packages, screen luggage and drive us all crazy.
0: I have to suspect, and I know you can't necessarily just um, wonder out loud, but this is just me wondering out loud. I gotta suspect that this is not unusual. I got to think that this is not the only person who has realized that he or she has the ability to to bypass TSA screening techniques and also monetize that. What do you think that might say or I should say has there been any discussion coming out of this as far as the thorough nature of screening these TSA employees and their
1: bags? You know, that's a good question and that's a question we'd have to run by the Department of Homeland Security. You know, with this plea does this have you thinking about changing your your hiring protocols again the U.S. Attorney's Office is who I spoke to about this they're the ones who you know put the charges on the guy and of course he pled guilty this morning uh but you you have to wonder if, you know about that and then is t- on top of that if this just sends a message to other TSA officers and I'm, again I'm not alleging or I'm not saying that they are but if they are does this send a message to them that uh at some point this might uh, catch up with you but at the end of the day The fact that they're they're able to get these package, you know, these bags through without the same kind of checks that the average person has to get through. That's kind of my question. Should Mm -hmm. that change? Because, yeah, they're TSA officers. They're obviously the people we're trusting with our safety. But can you ever be too careful? No because this is just drugs. Right you know. right
0: and that was my next question. It's drugs today I have to assume that there have been or could be weapons there could be any number of things if you're willing to pay to get drugs through well then there's nothing else that cannot be you know that is off the menu as they say at that point. That's what scares me and I always talk about I I kind of know how the sausage is made when it comes to airports, which always gives me some level of apprehension. And hearing stories like these just adds to that level of apprehension. And not to dismiss or diminish what TSA agents do, because, yes, they have a very important job. But if if one can so easily be bought, and I mean easily because for as far as I'm concerned, $8,000 is not life-changing. No. It's, it's not worth the federal offense, the drug offense of eight thousand dollars. I understand intellectually if someone were to do it for eight million dollars, but not eight thousand dollars. I mean, that's just like an extra couple of paychecks for for many people. Or, it is, you know. and
1: he's he's facing 20 years. He's he's going to be sentenced in uh, November. He's facing up to 20 years in prison for this, for eight thousand dollars. And yeah, as you know, as you mentioned, and I think this is the bigger conversation. Is is um, yeah? I mean, TSA agents. I think it's safe to say. Those are the last people we want to know will accept money like this right. to, to move things through. I mean, it really is the, the one of the last forms of law enforcement uh, you want to hear about something like this happening with.
0: So, but, but the flip side of that is, and I have this conversation like with teachers, um, if you want them to protect our children, if you want TSA agents to protect us, that's the correlation, then maybe you have to pay them and recruit them and train them accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I would say and I know that's not for you to comment on. but uh, what do you think? do we know at this point, other than the pending charges and everything, whether this investigation has netted anyone or they believe that this is just an individual acting on his own?
1: You know, as you know, and i'm I'm sure you've heard this a million times from reporters, but you know, pending investigations are, are never commented on so if they are you know if they do feel like they're going to nab up more more individuals will never know you know we won't know until they're arrested and then they'll announce the arrest right right but I would imagine I would imagine because they arrested him back in 2020 we haven't heard of any sub- subsequent arrests I would think this is an isolated incident just given that that two-year period has gone on but again who knows some of these investigations take a long time Blake
0: thanks so much for staying on this story yeah, thanks, Bob. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly here. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Wait a minute, Jacob. You didn't tell me if you put the nine news nuggets you need to know in the oven. So are they even going to be ready when we come no,
1: back? No, they will be. Uh, some of them are leftover nuggets. Oh, that's it messed up. Is. You know
0: I don't like leftovers. That is we messed up. We saved them just for you. Some of them from last week. I feel attacked. Just only two of them are. I need to go to a safe space. Is
1: this a new microaggression?
0: It is. (laughs) I love it when Amy gets me. Amy understands me. She completes me. And now it's time for these leftover, probably partially reheated, rubbery tasting, nine news nuggets you need to know. Honorable mention. Honorable mention.
1: Not supposed to mention. I was going to mention it when the time was right. It's never policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What an honor it is.
0: Great and honorable Moses. So, today we're holding auditions to become the newest member of Honorable Mention. Not all criminals are very smart. That will be the theme permeating these nine news nuggets you need to know. But for Honorable Mention, a man was arrested for stealing a car and then tried to sell that same car back to the victim. On May 23rd, the Memphis Police Department got a call that a 2012 Infinity G37 was stolen at the Indigo Hotel. The caller told. MPD, that they were contacted by the suspect, later identified as Robert Robert Mitchell, and said that they can get their car back in exchange for $3,000. So it's explicit. We got your car. You're going to have to buy it back. So a location was agreed upon, and the police were there waiting for him. The vehicle has an estimated value of $20,000, but he only asked for $3,000. Like I said, not all criminals are all that smart. Number nine. Uh, number nine. I did nine plays. If a cop's dirty, nine times out of ten his partner's dirty
1: too. And I speak nine languages. I stay up till nine o'clock.
0: Basically everybody at table
1: nine. I feel ready to go another nine in. It. Niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie?
0: Now I know I can be a vindictive a-hole, or at least I was in my previous relationships. Okay, I had some bad relationships, and I could be pretty vindictive. So I understand vindictiveness. But there were even things that I would never consider doing. Never! And of course, social media has a play, has a role in all this. Did you hear about the Fort Worth woman who was arrested for throwing ashes into a lake? But it weren't, they just weren't any ashes. They were the ashes of her boyfriend's mother. (sighs) A 40-year-old woman identified by Fort Worth police as Augustine Gladney was arrested in May, nearly two years after she was accused of throwing her boyfriend's mother's ashes into Lake Worth. The publication reported that the incident happened in 2020. The report said a man told police that he and Gladney were dating, but not on good terms. You think? The man overheard a conversation between the suspect and her daughter in which she said she had thrown the urn into the lake. And Gladney dumbass that she is, later admitted to the man that she had thrown his mother's ashes into the lake. And later, there was a video posted on TikTok describing the incident, which gained traction and went viral with more than 30,000 views, which turned out to be a reenactment, but helped the woman get arrested. I love it. Number eight. Number eight.
1: Oh, it is enough. It would be great.
0: Child is born every eight seconds. I'm listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. <laughs> Again, criminals can be pretty damn dumb. Wisconsin prosecutors have charged a man with murdering six people. Based in part on a selfie that this idiot took at the crime scene. And he also had guns and cash on him after the murders. Travis Lamar Berkeley, you know you're in trouble when they list all three of your government names. He's being held on $1 million bail in connection with the murders. A witness told police that Berkeley told them he killed the six victims at this Milwaukee duplex. You know, don't talk about your crimes. While attempting to rob them with his cousin, but the robbery went bad. One piece of evidence tying Berkeley to the crime was a selfie that he reportedly took in the basement of the residence within hours of the slangs. But get this, Berkeley was wearing sunglasses of one of his victims in the photograph, tying him to the murder scene and the victims. You idiot. You'll never get out of jail. Thank you, Jesus. Number seven. (laughs)
1: the seventh son of the seventh
0: son seven days with the government,
1: sector 7 Chi
0: 7, 7 a.m. 7 years of college down the drain 7,
1: 7, 7
0: seven days? 7 days Mondo, the tallest Latino in radio, is facing charges after Santa Barbara County sheriff's officials say a deputy caught him stealing avocados from a ranch in Goleta I didn't know that, Mondo. That's what the story says. It uses your name. According to the sheriff's office, the deputy saw a vehicle stopped on the side of the road and spotted Mondo walking nearby who was wearing a headlamp and carrying a bucket of avocados. Sounds like Mondo. A deputy also reported noticing a bag of methamphetamine on the dashboard of his vehicle. Mondo, really? Really, dude. Well, you need that energy to pick up all those avocados. But why are you going to have meth on the dashboard? You couldn't put it, like, in the glove compartment? Yeah, it was full of avocados. I'm surprised you're out on bail. Sheriff's officials say deputies searched Mondo's vehicle and found the trunk full of avocados. They also reportedly found his meth pipe. Officials say Mondo, uh, the owner of the ranch told investigators that Mondo did not have permission to harvest avocados from the property. He was arrested on suspicion of grand theft of fruit, possession of a controlled substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. But thank goodness Mondo is out on bail. Number six.
1: I got six, you got six, she got six. Uh, number six. Dude, there's six more weeks of winter. Why do you have a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink
0: another six-pack. Number six. We have a problem with squirrels here in Burbank. If you've ever been to the iHeartMedia Media studios or this building we have squirrels running out in front some of them are nice some of them are aggressive and evil none of them should you ever feed because they're animals and you just don't know how they're going to respond there are some people i think michael crozier told about uh, told us about a a, cro- uh, a squirrel which attacked him which is believable the point is you leave the squirrels alone even though they seem cuddly they're still rodents the Minnesota Valley Electric Cooperative said nearly 4,000 customers in the Prior Lake area lost power for about 30 minutes, half hour, when a single squirrel came into contact with substation equipment. Now, I don't know if the squirrel tried to chew through the equipment. I don't know if the squirrel was trying to siphon off the electricity for the squirrel hive. What is What are a collection of squirrels called? I don't know. I don't know. A group of squirrels? A squirrel family? A, a coven of squirrels? Jacob is looking up for me. This is something which I need to know. I don't know if he was trying to siphon off electricity like homeless people do. A scurry... A scurry of squirrels. A scurry of squirrels. Interesting. I don't know if he was trying to do it for the squirry. I don't know if he was trying to do it for the fam. But he was in contact with a substation. Now, the Minnesota Valley Electric Cooperative said the outage in the Prior Lake area was because of this squirrel and some 4,000 customers lost power. How and why they blamed it on the squirrel but yet can't tell us what happened to the squirrel, makes me think that the squirrel had absolutely nothing to do with why the people lost power. How do you know that the squirrel did it and you don't know what the squirrel is or whether the squirrel electrocuted himself? You would think you would know that, but they don't know that, they can't tell us that. Number five. For five minutes. I have
1: five rules. We begin bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. I- do me a favor and lose five
0: pounds immediately. Andre Echevarria. Did I say that right? Andre Echevarria has been sentenced to prison after receiving cooking classes where he was trying to learn how to convert cocaine into crack. This sounds like something Mondo would do as well. Okay? From avocados to learning how to cook cocaine. This Holbrook man, Andre Echevarria, was sentenced to 41 months in prison. Seems like, seems like it should be longer for these cooking classes. He pleaded guilty back in September to conspiracy to distribute and to possess with intent to distribute cocaine. He was sentenced by the U.S. District Court Judge Richard, D, Richard G. Stearns to 41 months in prison and three years of supervised release. Starting back in November of 2018, law enforcement began investigating drug trafficking activities at apartments in various areas where they stored, cooked, packaged, and sold drugs, according to the indictment. Uh, uh, also during this time, Echevarria bought cocaine from two of the highest level drug suppliers, according to officials. As it goes on, one of these individuals gave um, Echevarria a virtual cooking class, thank you, pandemic, where Echevarria was taught how to convert cocaine into crack with the powder he had previously sold to him. Why is it you need someone to teach you? Can't you just look that up online? Mondo, can't you learn how to cook cocaine online? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, people learn differently. You want to know how it's made. Like, I can give you the recipe for my guacamole, but it's better if I show you how I actually make it. Okay, we're going to do something here. Jacob, I want this on your search history, so I need you to look this up. Can you look up how to cook cocaine? And I bet you that there is some entry which comes up. All right, he's checking. He's looking. He's searching. I actually want to know now. Not that I'm going to cook cocaine, but I'm just curious. Maybe there's like a master class. They have it. They have a video, so there's really no need for you to seek out a third party, right? You can learn online. You can learn how to cook everything online, including cocaine. So why would you need to have a third party come in and teach you? No? Did you did you see the video? Can you? That's wait. That's, can we can we say that can like we, legally? Is that? I don't know. That's it. Why don't we just move on to number four and just be four
1: minutes? Probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four. There goes the fourth amendment. Oh, this
0: isn't the same world you left four years ago, son. I usually don't play lotto for a number of reasons. One, I think it's a, a tax on people. I'll play the office lotto pool. I'll throw in some money there, but it's a measured amount. I don't spend any real money on lotto. Producer Michelle handles the, the office lotto pool. So if we win, yay, if not, no big deal. But there are some people who play lotto religiously, like my parents play. Actually, my father played it up until the day he died. Literally day before he died, he was getting lotto tickets. True story. There's a man who was attempting to collect on what he thought was a $600 lottery prize. And you think that's $600 is a big deal. Then when he went to collect it, he found out he won close to $600,000. This North Carolina man visited state lottery headquarters thinking he was only going to get $600 and then turned into $600,000. Joshua Locklear, 32 years old told North Carolina education lottery officials he bought a $10, 50 times the cash fast play ticket at some mini-mart when he noticed the jackpot had reached $585,949. Locklear said he scanned the ticket and a message told him he would have to collect his prize at lottery headquarters. He said he studied the ticket and determined that he had won $600. He arrived at lottery headquarters to collect the prize and was shocked to learn that he scored $600,000. Why doesn't that ever happen to me? Why doesn't that happen to any of us here? It never happens. Didn't we just win like $33 in the lottery pool? And I think that's the most we have ever won in the two, three years we've been playing, $33. And this guy wins some $600,000. And look at this. Who just joined us in the newsroom? Hello, Mr. Kelly. How are you today, I'm Deborah Mark? Dandy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm just wondering where the other uh, five hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and seventy dollars missing from the lotto jackpot that we didn't win. It's not fair.
1: I don't know, but I wish I had it.
0: Look, I would take a good. $250 at this point. Me too. I, I, I am not greedy like that. Not at all. It's not fair. Number three. Three shall be the number thou shalt count,
1: and the number of the counting shall be three. They
0: were dead within three hours.
1: Three. Security clearance level three. All three of you. Three. I got all three of you guys
0: for the rest of your natural three. born live.
1: After about three days, they both start to stink. Three.
0: Do you know of anyone who has an official... World Record, Guinness Book of World Records, World Record. I do. You do? Yeah. He has my friend Adam Contras. He has the world record for the fastest DeLorean. He has a DeLorean that he converted in the vein of Back to the Future. It, and he does gigs with it. He's been doing it since 2013, I think. He's quit his job. He's His whole lifestyle is doing parties and events with his DeLorean. And it got him into the world record for the fastest DeLorean on record. I know it's real random and obscure, but it's it's true. And I think of they give away um, these Guinness Book of World Record citations for just about anything and everything today. The point of the story is this Welsh man had a drink, and I'll put that in air quote in air quotes at fifty six different pubs in twenty four hours. You would think that that's crazy, right? Well, uh, I think that's crazy. But it really isn't. <laughs> when do you see the details? This so-called dedicated drinker in Wales got an official Guinness world record by visiting these 56 different pubs in 24 hours, having at least one beverage at each. The The organization's rules required this guy to have a drink at each pub, but the beverages were not required to be alcoholic. What's the damn point if you're going to visit 56 pubs? You need to have 56 beers or ales or alcoholic beverages. Otherwise, you can visit 56 grocery stores and have a glass of milk, right? Right?
1: Yes, absolutely. It
0: doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't think Jacob drinks. so This is a record that he can somehow take one day. No? All right. Number two. What's going on, you two? Pick out two fingers.
1: One, two. There are two people in this house. There's
0: two sons and no women. Two ringy-dingy. I know I'm going to get in trouble with this next story. I'm just going to put that out there right now. As a married man, I know I'm going to get in trouble. A man from India has reportedly divorced his wife because she could only cook instant noodles. That was Deborah Mark. That was not me. It's funny as hell, but that was not me. According to this guy, his wife did not know how to prepare any food other than these noodles. It was noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He complained that his wife went to the provision store and brought only instant noodles home. This is what the presiding judge over the divorce case told the news. So um, under Indian law, Couples seeking a divorce must wait a full year in case they can work things out. So he was having nothing but a cup of noodles, I guess, the equivalent of that.
1: Couldn't he make something? (sighs) Couldn't he go to the store and get something other than noodles? Please.
0: Yeah, he could, but you know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, my thing is this as you're getting ready to marry someone, And I'm not saying they needed to date extensively, but if this was a deal breaker, and we all have our deal breakers, don't you know that she can't even cook some damn toast?
1: Unless it was an arranged marriage and he didn't know that because but, i thought that's the first thing that i thought
0: but even if it was isn't that a question on your questionnaire it's like thank you for the bride. And i don't everything. think you have a
1: questionnaire i don't know i don't know a whole lot about rain but doesn't it,
0: but the guy usually gets to I, I know the daughter is presented and we're going to get real sexist here unfortunately the daughter is pre- presented and the guy says i want to okay i'm going to marry your daughter and usually the guy is wealthy or of some import some sort of you know plus making this marriage happen and usually the guy says okay well i need this a dowry or something or she's got to be able to cook or something can he can she at least do some cheerios and some milk
1: well maybe he did ask about the cooking she can cook noodles so the, the
0: that box was checked off she can cook just one thing golly <laughs> All right, number one. We're number one. You're a number one. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. I decided to look out for number one. Are you the number one? <laughs> Rule
1: number one. Number one. Uh, number one.
0: I don't know what hell is like, but I'm sure this next mother father will be going to it. Brie Duval. It's a very sad story was living in Canada with her partner four years when she fell headfirst from a parking garage after a night out with friends back on August 29th, 2021. She was rushed to uh, the University of Alberta Hospital by helicopter, where she was placed on life support with a traumatic brain injury and multiple broken bones. She was in a coma for Four weeks! Four weeks! The doctors told her mother that there was just a 10% chance she'd survive the catastrophic injury. But miraculously, she came out of the coma. She showed signs of improvement. And then she realized her boyfriend, at the time of the accident, had then ghosted her on social media, blocked her, and moved in with another woman. Somebody is going to hell. I don't know who this guy's name is, but he's first on the list. How are you going to ghost your girlfriend while she's in a coma? In other words, you're expecting her to pull out of the coma if you're going to block her on social media. You're going to block her when she's in a coma?
1: That is so... I I don't even know what to say. I got nothing.
0: I got nothing at all. I have to thank Mondo for being a good sport today. I have to thank producer Dana Hernandez who took... The full reigns and made this show so easy, so simple. And I have to thank Jacob for all the wonderful 1987 Flashback Friday music selections. Even though he really didn't know what were the top hits of 1987, I didn't expect him to know because he wasn't going to be born for another eight years or something like that. When was he born? Like 2018, something like that?
1: (laughs) He's a youngin'.
0: Yeah, he's a youngin'. (laughs) But it's okay. Thank you nonetheless, Jacob, for all the, the music from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That was... You redeemed yourself then. (laughs) Nothing? You got nothing for me? Hey, I gave you Rick Astley. Yeah. Two songs of Rick Astley, as a matter of fact. Two. Together Forever and the other one. They sound the same. Yeah, they do. Coming up next is the John and Ken show. So keep it right here. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky
0: Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
1: pronounce you lucky.